All right, welcome back to our intermission report. Tonight it's Game 2, Merrimack and Providence. And joining us here before the game, actually, is Mike Logan, the voice of the Providence Friars. And first of all, Mike, you got to call a national championship last year. How was that? It's pretty amazing, uh, to the point where you still want to pinch yourself sometimes. And uh, you sit there, I was telling people, the night the banner went up, for me, that was probably even more impressive because you're sitting there, and I think anybody can relate to it, where you're doing games in a place for a long time, and it's something you never thought was going to happen. And I told my wife last night when I got home, pinch me. I mean, it just uh, this is the greatest stretch this program has seen. It started in 52, and it's nice to be along for the ride, as I say. It actually seems to me like something that probably happened a little bit faster than expected. I mean, with the things that Nate's been doing here the last few years and, and, and the the, uh, the strides that the program has taken, I think you guys were heading in that direction anyway. But for it to happen last year in the way that it happened, especially against a team like BU, who was the prohibitive favorite, had to be uh, you know especially uh, enjoyable. I think the biggest thing was getting, when they got Gillies to come here, because that gave them a, an All-American goaltender, and that kind of sets the table. And they, you know, they got hot. Uh, people forget when they lost to UNH here after Game 3, there was a lot of people wondering, are they going to get in? And then, as you guys know, all of a sudden, the tournament starts. Friday night, it gets a little more, and then Saturday. And now you're down to, you know, you're rooting for Minnesota, and they almost don't get in. And then it was like a movie. Not only do they get in, they, they get kept in Providence, and then they wind up going up to Boston. And they just, it's a perfect example of this sport. It doesn't matter where you're seated. It matters how you're playing at a certain time. And this team, they save their best for last. Mike, you kind of stole my thunder a little bit. Michigan and Minnesota played there at the end of the season. The Friars were waiting to see if they were going to get in. A lot of people don't. Uh, a lot of people don't know that that the, the Friars had to wait for that result to get in. How much more meaningful does it make uh, the, the championship? Oh, it's funny. And uh, to give you a little backstory, if they had ended up going out west. I had asked John to go out because for work I couldn't, and I'm in there, and I'm actually I'm laying in bed, and I'd had enough. I, I went and laid down, and Dan Colloran, who's the SID, he and I are texting back and forth as the Minnesota-Michigan game's going on, and it was just one of those things. I finally get up in the third period, and, you know, you're pacing, and you're wondering what's going on, and again, people don't realize, and you're right, John, how close they were to not even making the tournament three weeks later than the national champion. So I think it gives you a, a good idea that in hockey, unlike a lot of other sports, it's a very thin line between a team that can go all the way and a team that might not even make the, you know, the tournament. What have you seen as the biggest, uh, the biggest impact as a result of Providence winning a national championship in hockey? I just think you have a lot of, uh, you know, you're now on the map. Um, they're, they have more people in the building. They... Uh, it's funny, you walk through the airport or you have any Providence gear on and a lot of people pull you out. I was, uh, My daughter plays tennis in high school and I was sitting in a match, minding my business, sitting in the corner and I had a uh, pullover that had the Friar logo on it and I had about four people come up and say, oh, hey, you know, did you go to Providence, this, that, and the other thing. So it, it certainly raises the profile and from a coaching standpoint, it's, it's going to help in recruiting, it's going to help in uh, a lot of those things and I know down the road, uh, you know, they've been able to knock on some doors and get into some living rooms that maybe prior to that they couldn't have. You know, give, given the guys that were lost after last season, the, the guys who graduated and turned pro, the number one ranking right now at this point in December, the 10-0-3 record, is that even more impressive perhaps in, in many ways than winning the national title last year? I am very impressed how this team has come out uh, night in and night out. And when you look at it to go... 
They had only been ranked number one in the country once before. It was 82. They were ranked on a Monday. They lost on a Tuesday to Harvard, and it was done. Now you're looking at, you know, if they, if they get a win here tonight or a tie, they might be in a fifth week. Um, they've got a great senior class, and Nate himself has said it that there isn't a lot that he has to say that they really control the bench, they control the locker room, and. Uh, Nick Ellis, and I said to you guys last night, I think a lot of people nationally thought, up, oh, Gillies is leaving, this team's in trouble. I think this is a great indication. I think the seniors have, were a little aggravated reading some of that, and they wanted to prove that, you know what, we were more than just a one-guy team. Last night you got your first look at Merrimack. Providence wins the game 2-1. to one. A lot of one-goal games between these two teams, a lot of close games. What were your thoughts on Merrimack as we get set for game two tonight? I just think they're they're very good defensively. Uh, obviously, not having Brett Sini in there, I think, changes it because your lines were a little different. You don't have a guy that you could really lean on. But I think they're a lot more confident. We talked about it. They have have not lost on the road yet, which I think, and I talked to Mark Dennehy tonight about it, there's a little more confidence, and uh, I think they're going to be right in the mix. You know, you look at this league right now from 5 to 12, it's going to be quite a battle um, throughout the rest of the year. Before the game last night, and actually a little bit tonight too, we had a chance to talk with Nate Lehman about the the Big Ten proposal regarding recruiting and the restrictions on ages and so on. Um, and of course, Nate's been one of the guys that, that I think has been out in the forefront, which is really great. Being a guy who's the coach of the defending national champion, people listen to him, um, you know. So it's great that he's able and, and willing and wants to do that. I'm wondering, you know, that uh, the the legislation as as set, if, if it were to go into, uh, if, if it were to get applied and get effective, um, what, what kind of an impact would it have on a program like Providence? Well, it's interesting, and I know, I, I think Nate was a little aggravated because a lot of people brought up Union and pointed towards Union, how they had older kids going there when he was there and, uh, you know, different things. And it's interesting because Merrimack has a, a similar thing. I don't know. Um, you look at the roster now, you know, you've got kids like Eric Foley. He's a true freshman at 18. They're, they're starting to get some of the younger guys. I think ultimately, Mike, and we were talking about it, it's going to impact um, some of your mid-level or lower-level programs, and I think that's one of the reasons why the Big Ten kind of did it the way they did it. You've got a BC and a BU in this league. They're not going to be bothered by that because they have their pick of the litter, if you will. I think when you're looking at, you start to get into from, say, 7 to 12 in leagues, those type of teams that it's a battle finding kids in the first place. Now you're going to turn around and say, oh, and oh, by the way, you got to make sure they're this age, especially where it's totally changed. When we all started doing games um, 20 plus years ago, it was much different. You had a lot more 18 and 19 year old freshmen coming in. You look now, 20 years later, Mike, and you're looking at your average uh, age is 20. I mean, kids are coming in, they leave, they play a couple of years of junior and that, and they're coming in at 20. And I just, I think it's bad for the sport, and I think ultimately what they might be doing is in a sport where, for the most part, everybody's on the same page and they get along. I think they might be rocking the boat and, and might see a little backlash if this thing finally goes through. Yeah, I mean, a number of comments I've, I've heard about it. You mentioned, you know, some people refer to it as the, the Yale Union Providence rule or whatever it might be. But uh, at the same time, another, uh, another thought is, is this like an indication of things to come? Are they trying to kind of... You know, push things and, and, and see what happens, see if they can actually pull it off. And if so, does that mean other things are coming down the pipe? Well, you know, and it's interesting, too, when you step back and you look at it, you've got four, your last four national champions have been from the East. Seven of the last eight have been from the East. And you got to wonder sometimes, is this, 
in the 70s and 80s, it was the Midwest. That was the home of college hockey. And every once in a while, you'd have an outlier from the East. All of a sudden, now you turn around and you've got these schools like Union and Providence and Yale winning national titles that nobody ever would have thought of. And, you know, you wonder sometimes, is there a little of that? Maybe, you know, some of them sitting out there saying, we'd like to take some of the control back. When you look at just the national picture over the last five to ten years, you've had a lot more Eastern schools making the NCAAs, not only making the tournament, but making an impact. You wonder, is that an underlying thing? You know, who knows? I know you got a big stretch coming up with Providence after the break, especially probably three games with Boston College. How far can this Friar team go this year? Well, I think, you know, I thought coming in, if this team can win 20 games again and get back to the tournament, that would be a heck of a year. Because coming off what they did, I look at how they started last year after getting to the tournament for the first time since 2001, and they had a bit of a a slow start. I think they're going to be top of the league. I think they've got a good shot to get back to the tournament. Um, I think anybody would be unrealistic to think you're looking at a back-to-back the way Denver did it or the way uh, Minnesota did it. But you know what? Again, if you're one of the 16, strange things happen. Uh, I'm, I'm just I'm very curious to see when they play BC, when they play Lowell, those two teams at least out of the gate seem to be the two top-tier teams in the league. Notre Dame is up there as well, and it's a long way to go. As you guys know, it's a six-month schedule. It's one of the longest schedules of the NCAA AA, and things happen. If they get one or two key injuries, that's going to change the dynamic. So, as they say, we'll see. All right, Mike Logan, the voice of the Friars. Always good to see you. Always good to hear your insight. Good luck tonight. Good luck the rest of the way. All right. Thanks a lot, guys. Appreciate it. We'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.